Welcome to a very special NL full time. The decision has now been made by the National League on to how the season is going to go. It's going to be points per game and then playoffs. We're going to get reaction from all the people that it involves. So you're going to hear from Adam Johnson, BBC Radio Cumbria's correspondent for Barrow, Ian Everett from Barrow FC, the manager there. You're going to hear from Simon Weaver, Harrogate Town manager. You're going to hear from Barnet goalkeeper Scott Loach, York City manager Steve Watson. Mark Mosley from Weymouth, journalist Sam Elliott, Trevor Brock, who's a director at Haven and Waterlooville, and Wildstone manager Dean Brennan. And this podcast we've put together for you has been done over the last 24 hours. You'll hear a lot of good mornings, good evenings, things like that. But we hope you enjoy all the interviews that we've done for you. So welcome to a special NL full-time podcast. We're not on on the weekend because we delayed it. We've been waiting for the, the verdict from the National League, which we thought we were going to get on Sunday evening. We didn't. We thought we were going to get it on Monday. We didn't get that. I know around the country we've had a lot of storms. All the storm clouds cleared. The sun came out and who should appear but Michael Tattersall, the National League Chief Executive. And he announced the results now, bearing in mind as we record this, they are still to be ratified by the FA. But as it stands... It is congratulations to Barrow, Kingsland and Wealdstone. Barrow have been promoted into the Football League, Kingsland and Wealdstone into the National League. And we believe the playoffs are now going to take place as well. And I'm Luke Edwards and I'm joined by Rob Lowell. Hello, Rob. Yeah, good evening, Luke. As you say, the news is broken and, uh, um, you know, we've, we've frantically been looking at what playoffs will be taking place and who's playing who and whether or not we might get to... <laughs> Some or any of the games, um, that's another big question mark we can discuss. But uh, happy to join uh, yourself yeah. and the man you're going to introduce now. Yeah, Dickie's here as well. Hello, Dickie. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, good evening, gents. It's a bit of a late one. It's uh, nice to know none of us turn into a pumpkin beyond <laughs> 10 o'clock in the evening. Cause, uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, we've we've got a decision or we've got some decisions uh, at last. And uh, yes, certainly some good news for some for some clubs arriving this evening. And we'll hear from Tom and Chris at some point as well. We've got lots of interviews coming up for you. It's been a long wait, hasn't it? It's been, you could almost make a Netflix drama over the last couple of weeks. It's been, uh, everything's kind of happened from the National League being quite clear in what they want, then not what's going to happen, then the government getting involved. You could easily do a good documentary on this, couldn't you guys? Absolutely. And, um, you know, it would seem that the key manoeuvre was that of um, a local MP, I believe the one for the uh, Haven and Waterlooville area, uh, lobbying uh, the sports minister to get confirmation that there was no ruling from the government that, that playoffs couldn't be played at National League North or South. It wasn't so much about the fact that they weren't elite sport. Thankfully, whether it's that move or other phone calls or other moves or just the sheer weight of the uh, disagreement when they were given the initial resolution. But as we said, Rob, the uh, the decision's finally been made, hasn't it? And uh, obviously Barrow will be, Barrow, Kingsland and Wilson are the ones cracking open the champagne. Yeah, and, and, and I'll come to those clubs in just a minute. But what I want to say is these are unprecedented times. It's very, very difficult, very confusing. I, I genuinely believe the National League board have tried to do the best they can in the situation. I, I applauded them playing a waiting game to see what happened with the EFL. 
Um, it would seem that they were a little naive in uh, trying to uh, almost present a fate accompli that didn't involve playoffs for North and South. I'm really, really glad that there was a reaction to that and that ultimately I think the best and the fairest outcome in the circumstances uh, did finally prevail. Huge congratulations, uh, first and foremost, to Barrow. I don't know anybody that I've spoken to that didn't agree they were the best team in the National League last season and uh, they were top of the tree for a big, big chunk of it. Um, And where else can we start really than uh, a catch-up with the now EFL manager of uh, Barrow AFC, Ian Everett? I'm delighted to finally confirm what we already knew uh, uh, anyway. A very successful man, the manager of Barrow AFC, who have now been promoted as uh, champions of, of the National League. Ian, how does that sound? Yeah, it sounds great. Um, obviously not in ideal circumstances. And, you know, I do feel for everybody, you know, winners and losers um, in this situation. Um, it's it's not ideal. Certainly we would have wanted to do it on the pitch, but all the same, I think... You know, I feel like we deserve it. Uh, we've been top for five months. I've said that many times, and uh, it's a fantastic achievement from everyone at the football club. Now it began to look more and more and more like one way or t'other Barrow would be going up, but uh, there was a bit of a bit of a curveball thrown in when uh, there was the controversy about whether or not the National League North and South uh, divisions would have an opportunity to uh, compete in playoffs. And, and, and one thing that suddenly came back on the horizon was the possibility of, of null and void. Just how... Uh, I know you've kept very, very calm, certainly on the exterior, Ian, but how uh, how stressful has it been the last few days just trying to get across the line there? Uh, probably for three months it's been stressful, to be honest. Uh, look, I think um, one thing I will say is that I think our club has provided their argument in the right manner. Uh, we haven't really spoke about anyone else. We haven't ever spoke about other football clubs and their situations. We've only put our own argument forwards. Um, so I think we deserve, and the club deserves a lot of credit for that because I think there was a lot of a lot of people, certainly in the National League, one or two chairmen, which I won't forget, by the way, uh, we're, we're spouting nonsense and, and dismissing people's claims and just not acting in a professional manner. And that left a bit of a bitter taste in my mouth, to be honest. But other than that, you know, the way the vote got passed in the end, I do believe, I said it all along, that two up, two down is the right way for the National League. That, that platform for the, to get to the EFL should be there and maintained. And also, you know, if, if, if it's good enough for the EFL and Premier League to be relegated teams, then we should relegate teams as well. So that gives the North itself an opportunity to, to promote two clubs. It, once we had that, um, you know, the blueprint from the, the other leagues around Europe, the Scottish leagues, the championship, uh, sorry, not so much the championship, but the League One, League Two, EFL team, EFL leagues. We had to follow suit, and we did do. Um, hopefully, now the playoffs can go ahead uh, in a safe manner, and the best team can can win those and, and get up to either the National League or the EFL with us. Yeah, I was thinking about the various contrasting situations uh, that are occurring right now. Um, obviously, as any decisions made, you then refocus and go for the next. I guess one thing for you now, Ian, you have clarity. You know now that you'll be putting together a squad or keeping and putting together and adding to a squad um, to play in in the football league. Now, 
Um, one of the managers that I know you get on very well with, Danny Searle at Aldershot, had that headache all through last summer when he tried to prepare a squad. He didn't know it would be National League South or, or National League. And that must be one, one, one headache that you're uh, relieved to uh, at least be able to focus on now. Yeah, 100%. I think um, successful teams have continuity. We showed that last summer with, with maintaining the majority of our squad. Again, we'll be doing the same this season. We've got a, a very young team. People forget that. Um, they're still improving. They're learning all the time. And we're getting better. And if we can add players to that, which we will do, and we'll probably get a slightly better caliber now in the Football League. Um, hopefully we can go up there and compete. As I said before, you know I, I can't cope and deal with mediocrity. Uh, I have to compete and try and be the best in everything that I do and, and we do as a football club. So hopefully we can go out there and, and surprise a few people in the AFL next season. Uh, well, I was having a, a chat with my wife last night and um, crazy enough she reminded me that I, during my playing career and non-management career I've been promoted out of every league I've ever played in. Uh, and... Now I've been promoted out the one I've managed in, so amazing. We'll be saying goodbye to you, which is uh, a great shame in that sense, because you've been very, very engaging throughout with the NL Full-Time Podcast, so we uh, we thank you for that. And just to clarify a little bit of the merit that we're talking about here, with some nine games still to go, you already had 70 points, you had a goal difference of plus 29, which was... I think at least 12 better than every other team other than other than Notts County. Um, and uh, whilst, as you say, you didn't get to do it in front of a packed Hulker Street, no doubt at some point and in some way, one of the things you'll be discussing with the board of how you can actually properly celebrate this. Yeah, definitely. We need a, a good celebration because, you know, believe it or not, you know yourself things. It's difficult to win things and achieve things in football. You know, it doesn't come around very often. So when it does... You know, Barrow, for instance, haven't really you know, we waited 48 years for this moment. So it's important that we do get that opportunity to celebrate, but when it's safe to do so. Can I just say a massive thanks to, to your show, your programme, for being supporters of myself. But to the National League in general, it, it's given me a huge platform. I never played in the National League. I was fortunate enough to have a very good career from Premier League downwards. Uh, and... You know, I, I never, I didn't know a lot about the National League, but what I will say is given me a magnificent platform to come and show what I'm about and what my teams are about, and I've been, you know, proud to be a part of it, and hopefully continue to improve as it is doing. And the, the quality of the players and the teams nowadays are, are excellent, so wish them all the best in the future. Well, you and Barrow have been a breath of fresh air, Ian. Thank you very much uh, for all your input, and I think you do leave a legacy as well. Um, I forget the actual name for it, but your your strive for excellence in everything that you do at the club, I know is already something that's been picked up uh, by a number of other clubs. And uh, thank you for that. And, and, and all the very, very best in, uh, in uh, League Two next season. Thanks very much, Diaz. That was Ian Everton. And, and Dickie, as we, as we said, um, P, we spoke about it over the last few weeks. PPG in the playoffs was the fairest option. You couldn't really null and void it, could you? And I think it's the right outcome for everyone. I know some clubs won't be happy, like Stockport County, for example, even though they played two games more, and, and Files won't be happy as well. But ultimately, I think the majority vote was going to go with PPG in playoffs, wasn't it? Yeah, it felt that way, and it's felt that way for some time. Um, and, you know, it's hard to argue that, you know, it, it rewards teams for what they achieved over the first 
what, 80, 85% of the season that had been completed. And, it, and it, you know, it's hard to argue that, that, that teams that were top of the pile or close to the top of the pile after that much of the season should be the ones that, that you know, get the reward. I mean, look, we've all agreed it was the best and fairest situation in the circumstances. They've arrived at the right conclusion. Within that, of course, though, you've got your winners and your losers. And, and if we can sort of go through this uh, individually through the leagues, it will make it a lot easier. But I think given that Barrow were top for so long, given that Wealdstone were top for so long, I think perhaps it's at its harshest in the National League North where there was, to be honest, set for a fantastic title running, uh, particularly between Kings Lynn and York. They'd been to in and fro in. There was no real clear indication which way that was going to go. Um, it'll be tough, a tough one for York to swallow, but mm. at least they do have the opportunity of what they've been campaigning for uh, prolifically over the last week or so, um, that uh, two are promoted. Yeah, and we'll hear from Steve Watson later on. Chris caught up with him. I think that maintaining that, that two promotion places from both the North and the South and from the from the top division of the National League, I think that's been crucial, really. Um, I think I've seen a lot of comments about people didn't feeling that you could um, change that fundamental rule from from you know that, that was set at the start of the season and then that that understanding that everybody had when they set off on August the second or third whatever it was and then only limited it to one promotion place whether that be by promoting two whether that be by playoffs mm. um I, I think I think it's the right thing ultimately that that, that we, we will get a situation where we'll get two up um from yeah. every division but I think York's argument is is promote the top two without playoffs isn't it and um It'll be interesting. I mean, I think as well, the other the other thing I've heard this week is the reason the playoffs are going to go ahead and they've had reinsurances is, one, there's been meetings about, and I know Mark White from Dawkins spoke about this, um, that maybe the costs aren't as much as he thought for Test, but also BT Sport are going to contribute some, some money towards uh, the cost of testing as well, which has meant clubs don't have to budget for as much as, as as they thought in the first place, which which makes it all possible. It does, and I read uh, read the statement from Dartford this evening, where they've um, you know said that obviously they they welcome playoffs because they've made it into them in sixth place, but they did um, hint in that that the, the national league were perhaps um, looking into the possibility of the games in both the north and the south as well as the top division, the playoff games being, I'm not sure necessarily televised, but it's certainly at least filmed so that, you know, they were available for people to watch. And you've got to think that if, um, you know, BT Sport are making an offer to cover some of, of the testing, then obviously the other part of the bargain will be in exchange for that, you know, that they will cover the games. And that was a question that I put to Sam Elliott, amongst other things, as we chewed the fat over the National League's decision. So joining me now to have a look back at the events over the last couple of weeks and, and a look ahead to the future is a well-known journalist in non-league circles and National League circles. It is Sam Elliott. Hello, Sam. Hello. So it's been, uh, I, I described it at the start of the podcast in my intro as um, you could make a Netflix documentary on this last couple of weeks. It's kind of, everything seems to have gone on, haven't they? Even the government have got involved at some stage as well. Ridiculous, isn't it? It's, it just seems to have been, you wake up and you think, well, Monday, Monday or should we should know this week, and then it comes to Thursday and you don't know. 
it's you yeah. think next Monday you're all gonna know this week you don't know it it's just it's all kind of spiraled from the top isn't it and it's um we've been arranging this interview for about four days going oh we'll do it tomorrow and <laughs> nothing's happening by then yeah it's just yeah i, I feel sorry I, you know I, could, I kind of feel sorry for the, the administrators in a lot of ways um it's, it's you, you have to get it right you have to follow what protocol is in place but when everyone's demanding answers and needing answers um it, it can't be easy especially as well for the for the players that do go you know, are we supposed to be keeping fit are we, are we coming back in, in june or july who knows but yeah at least we know at least we've got some kind of clarity now and that's the that's 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 the main thing even if it's taken a while to arrive we discussed it with a lot of people. I think the right decision has been made. I don't think you could... I think they were right. I think I praised the National League a few weeks ago. They were right to wait for the EFL to see what happened. The EFL gave them that olive branch of saying there's still promotion, relegation yeah. on the table. So, I yeah. National League, in, in kind of in defence of the National League, it's going to get to some stick. It's the last division out of every division in the whole mm. country. Yeah. And it has seemed to take a while over the last couple of weeks. Oh, it has. The National League couldn't have made a move, any kind of move, without the EFL deciding. Now, I think, without kind of pointing fingers, the EFL decision process, I mean, it, it, I, mean it's, I, was, I, was, I was kind of told, look, we work in a situation where it's kind of like a boat pulling on boat. The Premier League are the, the, the giant cruise liner. The Football League are the kind of ferry, if you like. And the National League... Like a dinghy attached to the back, everyone's pulling each other, and naturally couldn't make any kind of move, any kind of uh, decision, any kind of even vote till until we knew that the, the EFL decision. Now we only knew the EFL's decision last Thursday. Now I get we have to, you know, they have to have the birth, but what I don't understand is we knew for about the last four weeks that realistically that league wasn't going back and League Two wasn't going. We knew the championship was going back, the players were training. We knew League One. League One and League Two, but that vote kept them back and back and back and back, and it had that knock-on effect for the National League. Now, the EFL, they, they didn't, they nothing new came out of the EFL's decision to kind of prolong it for three weeks, and that kind of really has a lot set the National League back, I suppose, um, in the decision making. So, at least we're there. At least we're there. At least we now know. I think when when football stopped, people weren't kind of sure what to do and whether they should go back. And I think now people have seen other divisions go back, some sort of life in a way go back in mm. the new normal, as they call it. I think people are eager to get back now. I think the players are, the management are. We've spoken to a few over the last few weeks and they're all like raring to go now, so long as the right testing's in place and everything. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, hopefully the, the costing of the testing isn't going to put clubs on, under threat because whatever happens, they're not going to make probably make the money back. Well, certainly not going to make the money back from competing in the playoffs, especially the North and South um, sides. It's not that, Sam. I mean, have you heard, I heard BT are putting some money towards a cost. Are you aware of anything? I'm not sure. I mean, I'm really not sure. I mean, I I, I guess, I'm guessing that BT wouldn't be contributing towards the National North and South. I mean, if it is, it would be small, I suppose, because I don't think there's any plans to forecast, especially, you know, the the Eliminator or the semi-finals. So, you know, there's four clubs there that aren't going to be in the final, obviously, of those. Whether it's the National League, I don't know. You know, it would be great for BT. Look, BT are a great supporter of this level of football. You know, listen, it wouldn't surprise me if they if they were going to put up some money. I think it's absolutely fantastic if they did. Um, but, you know, who knows? I'm sure that will come out in it eventually. Looking forward to it now. The, the playoffs will be... Um... Been an exciting time, won't it? And it, it's really difficult to call in, in all three divisions now who, who could get promotion 
uh, out of those divisions. The excitement is going to be when, when the National League are in a position to announce the dates. That's when it's going to grow. It's like, oh, hold on, this is going to, you know, we've got some, some planning to do here. It's going to be exciting. I'm just praying I'm going to be allowed in. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping I am. And um, that's, that's my, my, my ambition is that's a get to a game. I can't wait. But I, I think it's just having now, having that on the table. The clubs, we saw, and the, you know, there must have been a temptation for clubs to go, mm, uh, Mark probably won't go up with the players, especially in the north and south. Yeah, and then looking ahead to the start of the tw- uh, the twenty twenty one season, yeah. even though we've not finished this season yet. Um, potential start has been muted of September time mm. with a percentage yeah. of fans allowed in. Um, what's your take on that? I think if we can get an early September start, I think it's great. What everyone wants is a start date. They want this, whether whatever walk of walking industry you're in. You want you want you need a date to build from. I think everyone needs a bit of guidance, um, especially with the Premier League being back at the moment, when everyone's kind of seeing football back on the back on the agenda properly. My my view is I, I don't genuinely I don't see why the National League and and the, all the non-league divisions shouldn't be returning by mid-August. To be honest, I think you're talking about the reduced capacity. I don't think um, you say September start. I say well start in August because there's no second wave of the virus. Then there is, for me, absolutely no reason why we shouldn't be looking to start in August. I just think it's a wonderful opportunity if if all the non all non league divisions, um, all the national league divisions are back playing football by the say the fifth Saturday the fifteenth of, of August. I say the crowds will be big. Obviously, the crowds will be reduced. I mean, some certain clubs will get a bit of a kickback from that, no doubt. But I think. Clubs can handle, isn't it? In the end. absolutely, absolutely. I think, I think, if you sit and analyse the stats um, and in terms of the percentage of, of crowds, I mean, I think obviously clubs like Dulwich Hamlet would struggle if they have to reduce that forty uh, to operate at forty fifty percent. But yeah, we don't we don't know what way this is going to go. We could the, the rates are falling; they're falling every week, aren't they? So fingers crossed that um, they continue to fall. That's the most important thing. Um, and yeah, we can get back to some semblance of order before too long. I think for me, Sam, it'll be it will be it'll feel quite an emotional day when you know everyone's allowed back in. It's a hundred percent crowd. You can go and have a beer with your mates after, and it'll yeah. feel like we've come out the other side of all of this. And I think everyone will appreciate football a bit more, won't they? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to be in that to be in a stadium, be it September. Um, you know, I think it will be it will be a special moment for everyone, and um, you know, I think I think the players for the players as well. I mean, they sometimes get a bit forgotten in all this. I hope, um, I hope you know we can come out this the other side, and, and football is 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 is, is we ca- as we kind of remember. And f- final question, um, something again again we discussed earlier on the podcast was the playoff final. Do you think it'll be at Wembley? I know it says neutral venue, but do you think... Yeah, no, I don't think it'll be at Wembley. I don't think it'll be at Wembley at all. Um, okay. Basically, the National League, you know, I'm stunned, I'm actually stunned the Football League, uh, the EFL, are pretty much, I think they've pretty much announced that they're going to keep the finals at Wembley. I just, to open the doors to Wembley Stadium, even in this situation, it's just so, so costly. So, so costly. The fact that EFL are going to open the, 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 the Wembley's doors for a match between possibly Cheltenham and Northampton or whoever it is, Cheltenham and, and um, Colchester, it's going to cost them six figures to open the stadium. Just as simple as that. There's no, there's no kind of ifs and buts. It's a six-figure fee to open the stadium whether the supporters in there or not. The fact that they, do, they will open the doors 
just for, for just so it looks good on the TV, which it won't look good on the TV, by the way, instead of finding a neutral venue. No, absolutely not. National League have got many great, fantastic stadiums in there. I, you know, and I hope it'll be an honour for a club to host the National League final, if it, if it is that, a National mm. League club um, hosting the final. The fans won't be allowed in. Uh, there's no way that's going to happen in, in July um, or even early August or whatever it is. Uh, it won't, won't happen. Brill, nice one. Well, thanks for joining us, Sam. Cheers. Pleasure. And that was Sam Elliott. It's another discussion we've had, Rob, isn't it, about media access, really? I mean, some of the other grounds, the semi-finals, it'd be really difficult. I spoke to somebody at Altrincham and they said they don't even think their media is going to get in to cover it. So it'd be interesting, won't it, to see what happens on the media side? Yeah, I mean, we've been massively across the playoffs the last couple of seasons. I think, Forgive me, I can't remember if it was last season or the season before, but we've pretty much got across all of them. Certainly the finals anyway, at North, South and, and, and obviously at Wembley as well. It may be that that list can be increased um, with those additional guests having to incur the costs of any tests that do need to be taken. Um, and that would certainly yeah. uh, make yeah. it challenging for ourselves. Everything we do is voluntary. Obviously, we don't we don't make a penny out of this podcast. We don't have any paying sponsors either. But uh, we'll... Yeah, although we'll, someone uh, does uh, want to do it, they can do <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, if somebody wants to start a Marcus Rashford-style campaign for us, they're more than welcome. But um, no, let's just get ourselves back on track then here. Um, congratulations to Barrow. We heard from Ian Everett. And we had to keep a promise as well. Uh, somebody who's been a big, big supporter of the uh, NL Full-Time Podcast. He's actually made contributions to it for us as well, uh, the BBC. And uh, we caught up with an emotional Adam Johnson uh, just before I think he'd had his third beer. So uh, he was still talking sense at this point. I'm joined by uh, BBC Cumbria commentator Adam Johnson. We've uh, obviously got reaction from the Barrow manager, Ian Everett. But uh, what about the man who has to talk to Ian Everett every single week and who's bitten his nails down to his elbows now, I'm sure, over a very nervous last few weeks? Uh, Adam Johnson, how are you feeling right now uh, about the confirmation, finally, of Barrow's promotion to the Football League? Uh, if I'm honest, Rob, there is an absolute state of shock. I mean, even from the minute that it was announced, uh, I think I, I sat and stared at my phone for probably about 20 minutes to half an hour, just, think, just trying to compute it all in. And then, obviously, the phone started ringing with everyone trying to get me to do stuff hurriedly to, to get shows started, but... Other than that, it's just unbelievable. It's, it's, it's a dream come true. Uh, I've been calling it the impossible dream ever since you know this run started and we started thinking that promotion was more than a possibility. And for it to equate to, to how it's ended up, I mean, we'd have liked it to have ended properly, no doubt. You know, a, a packed Holker Street and a trophy presentation. But just to have it confirmed, it's, it, it is, it's more than a dream come true. It's, it's unbelievable. Now, just to get a slight twist on the normal perspective that we would get, um, obviously we've talked about what an achievement it would be for Barrow, um, last in the Football League in the 1970s, etc. But for you, uh, you uh, started off commentating uh, for Hospital Radio. You were uh, upgraded, if you like, to become the main BBC commentator for Barrow Games uh, a few years back. You're now going to get the opportunity, God willing, to uh, commentate on... Uh, Football league matches week in, week out, and visit a whole new set of stadiums. How excited are you about that? 
it's just it's amazing. Uh, again, it's another thing that just hasn't quite computed because as well as that, I've found out I'm going to actually be the first person to ever compensate on Barrow as a football league club and stuff like that. It's just amazing to think. I mean, I've only been in this game since 2016. As you say, started off just volunteering for. For, for local hospital radio, managed to get the opportunity with Radio Cumbria, and they've, they've stuck they've stuck with me, which I'm I'm forever grateful for. Not just to be able to do a job that I love, but to commentate on the football club that I love. But to think now that I'm going to be commentating on football league football next season, I'm a I'm a bingo caller. That's that's my job that I've been doing for for the past you know 12, 12, 12 years, thirteen years. I'm a bingo caller. I'm going to be commentating on football league football. There's, there's probably people out there that are far more qualified than me that, that haven't got this opportunity, and I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm completely bemused by it. But I'm grateful as well for, for all the chances that I've been given. Radio Lonsdale, I can't thank them enough for giving me the chance to do it for the hospital, and then obviously, you know, everyone at Radio Cumbria for for giving me the chance, first of all, and actually sticking by me and, and letting me do something that I've always dreamt of doing. Brilliant stuff. I can hear the passion in your voice, as always, Adam, which is why we wanted to get you on for a, for a brief word. Uh, in the meantime, of course, sit back and enjoy, as we will, the National League playoffs, which uh, should all be on the TV. And we'll find out who's going to join Barrow in the EFL. Who's your money on? I mean, you look at all the teams that are involved in the playoffs. I know we've had this, we've had this break, which will probably be an equaliser. I mean, Harrogate, you've got to hope in a in a small roundabout way, you've got to hope that Harrogate can can have that great opportunity. They've had a fantastic season on the same same part as Barrow, four points behind when the season ended. It, it could have been neck and neck right the way to the end. You know, if, if the games had carried on playing. So, in in one way, I, I do. For myself, I do hope that, that Harrogate can, can join us in the Football League, but, but you look at the rest of the sides, Notts County, Yeovil, Wood, Halifax, Barnet, you know, there's some very good sides there, so it's, it's going to be interesting, it's going to be, it's going to be nice to watch, it's going to be nice to watch knowing that, that Barrow aren't going to be involved in this lottery. Brilliant stuff, Adam. Thank you so much for joining us. You get back to have a well-earned couple of beers and uh, enjoy celebrating uh, Barrow's success, and all the best for next season. Thank you very much, Robin. Can I say massive thanks to everyone at NL Full Time because you all do an amazing job, and I'll, I'll, I'll continue to, to listen and support even even during Barrow in the football league. No, you can't say fair on that. Thanks, Adam. So, in second place in the National League was and will be taking place in the playoffs were Harrogate Town and uh, Simon Weaver. We had on a few weeks ago. He he, was, he said he was kind of ready for for the playoffs if they did take place. Well, they are going to now and I know you caught with him earlier Rob didn't you? We're very very pleased that that the uh, decisions have come through it it, it must have been uh, uh, quite a stressful sort of week or so for you not knowing what on earth was going and what you know going on and what to plan for. No absolutely it seems to have been an age really of, in terms of having to be patient um, uh, and going through the emotions of, of not knowing even that it might be null and void. So to find out that um, it's still alive, this this dream we have of reaching the EFL, um, it's really lifted the spirits of everyone. And it's something that we were confident of, of obviously, from last week's uh, National League 
uh, meeting. Um, but you just don't know until people put the um, the cross against whichever they they believe in the ballot paper. So you know we're we're buzzing though that it's the fairest way uh, mm. to decide um, the second spot is obviously the playoffs, and we're we're right in it. You know we're we've earned the right to play at home, which even without our crowd, who have been fantastic, without their backing, um, we obviously used to our home surroundings and, and we'll really look forward to it and I guess um, obviously you've got a, a, a twofold advantage really there one, one is that you have a little bit longer to prepare for that game um, and of course nobody knows how that you know that's going to be the, the new skill in management isn't it getting your team to just get right back to where they need to in one go but the, the other one of course is the opportunity to have a look at your potential Opponents now. The news has only just broken. Um, you know, an hour or two before we're speaking, Simon. Do you know which two side, which match you'll be playing the winner of? Yes, it'll be um, the winner of Boreham Wood and Halifax. Um, so I think all games are on BT Sports, which is great. We'll, we'll watch the television that day and and record it and just go over it and over it. And we'll, but we'll look forward if that's Boreham Wood or, or Halifax. You know, because uh, Halifax are a good strong team as well you know and they've got probably a more um, they've got 18 I spoke to Peter the other day the manager there they've got an 18 man squad um, so they're, they'll be tightening it as you know as well and, and they'll know obviously their game their games very well and you know whoever it is that the, all these teams have, have earned the right to be near the top of the league so they're going to be tough battles aren't they Absolutely, Simon. Uh, will you? Uh, uh, well, I, I was just going to say you talked about the possibility of it of there being null and void right up until those votes were in today. Um, I, I guess what really put the cat amongst the pigeons was the initial decision that the National League North and South um, <clears throat> weren't graded as elite football and and, and 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 playoffs couldn't take place. We'll leave the politics to the politicians, but. Um, uh, I, I, I would imagine that you vindicate that decision for them to have the playoffs too. Yes, yeah, 100%. I, I think if there are playoffs in the National League, then there should uh, be players in the National League South and North because they, you know, there's three leagues under that umbrella. So it's, it's got to be co- consistent throughout. I think the, the nature of it is so sudden, the news of this DCMS involvement, um, Obviously, shook everyone um, because it's pretty brutal, really. Just find out just before that it wasn't going to happen. Um, uh, when in actual fact, you know, it's turned out probably where uh, everyone thought it, it should be. You know, given them they're being entitled to this crack at the playoffs just as much as we have uh, in the national league. So, credit to them for sticking to their values and and, um, and wanting it just as much as the National Leagues and the National League teams. Um, and they should make for good, team, good games as well, you know, the, the good, strong teams. Now, what's uh, just a clarification for our listeners, really, Simon. Um, we're obviously already at kind of March the 14th when the curtain came down on the season. Um, are Have clubs been allowed to make any changes to personnel or is it just that one or two of them might have lost players but you can't bring anyone else in? Just, just enlighten our listeners. Well, it's going to be interesting actually finding out uh, for myself. We, we have no idea. Uh, we've not been informed of any of the um, 
registrations or loans, whether we can um, call someone back or indeed sign someone entirely new. So um, we are waiting to find out um, and you know, listen to the Bournemouth um, uh, manager. I think they've got nine registered players at the minute. So mm. that's what I mean. They'll be they'll be keen to either bring players back or sign new signings to to bulk up their squad. Um, it's all up in the air, really. Um, but at least we've got some kind of clarity that the playoffs are going to go ahead. That each of those managers involved in the, these three leagues will will be very keen to know that, um, what the state of affairs is with in, in terms of recruitment and and registrations. So as we speak, which is on uh, what uh, Wednesday evening, where are we? Uh, the seventeenth uh, of June. Um, what's the situation with your squad and fitness and training and everything? Are you are you actually back together as a group training now? And if so, when did that start? We started back yesterday, Rob, and um, it was just great to see them. Um, everyone's talking about this new norm, but it will take some getting used to uh, a one way system within our our stadium uh, where everyone has to adhere to you know, the health protocols that have been set by our physio. and She's been very stringent and doing a marvellous job with it uh, because there's still bigger things at large, you know, uh, and that's everyone's health uh, and the health of everyone's family. So we have to stick rigidly to that and be consistent with it. Um, but we have 15 outfield players and two goalkeepers trained. Um, and obviously that made up four groups, different groups, and, and uh, training at different times to allow for one coach to take five, another coach to take another five and, and same again in the afternoon um, and with not much breathing uh, breathing space in between so it's a challenge but one that you know, we're going to embrace and uh, because we need the lads fit, uh, they've come back in good nick so far um, but we've got, just got to make sure that we manage them right and, and don't overdo it too early because this is, this is completely different they normally you get set date for a pre-season start and you build up to that as a player. Um, now the lads, um, we have to be understanding of them that um, they might need a, a little bit longer to get into the stride in the training um, because no one probably envisaged playoffs probably 10 days ago. So um, they could be forgiven for having a little bit of a breather around that period. So four days isn't enough uh, time really to get your levels right up to where you want to be normally. And we'll have to understand that. Just finally, Simon, the other news, of course, is Barrow will go up to the EFL. And uh, I'm sure uh, you'd like a quick, a quick word for Ian Everett and, and their achievement. Oh, absolutely, 100%. Um, they deserve to go up as champions. The, the finishing line was the finishing line. You know, for, No matter what people say, um, they were up there all season. Uh, I think from September they were, they were top place team so, and they played some fantastic football throughout but some great uh, individuals who had golden years um, and they, they deservedly have uh, been crowned champions tonight so a fair play to them and, and good luck to Ian Everett and, and their team next season in, in League 2 um, we've just got to come battle out this first game try and get to the final now and and um, and if we're successful and, and lucky enough, um, hopefully we can join Ian and his boys next year and, and have two more good games against them. Brilliant stuff. Thank you so much for joining us, Simon. Uh, we're obviously totally impartial here at uh, NL Full-Time Towers, but the, the very best of luck to you. And uh, who knows, we uh, we, we might uh, get to speak to you again 
in person if allowed in, of course, at Wembley. That's that, that's uh, that's brilliant, Rob. Yeah, uh, I, I hope to see you there. Yeah, that'd be uh, that'd be great. Cheers. And that was Simon Weaver. And um, yeah, Rob, I think the big thing over it is is, is like you say, the, it's all the contracts now, isn't it? Who's available and who isn't? What the clubs do? Do they offer short term deals? Things like that. There's a kind of a buoyant feeling this evening. It's happening. Um, now they've got to find a way to make it happen, and it's and and it basically presents a a whole new set of challenges for people like Simon Weaver at this stage. As is evident from the uh, interview you've just played, there's an awful lot that needs clarifying at the moment um, about uh, that side of things. Hopefully, again, common sense will prevail. Um, hopefully, we'll get some good playoff matches. I think Harrogate have an excellent chance um, You know, with just the final stage to get over. We hope that uh, it'll be played... Uh, in uh, on a on a stage fitting of the finale that it will be, and of course beyond that, we hope that we can be in attendance. But if not, we'll certainly be all all over it, and uh, we'll get those post match interviews, even if they're a few hours later and over the phone. Let's have a look at the other teams in the playoffs in the National League. Barnet they weren't in the top seven, but points per game has put them there, and they will play away to Yeovil in the first eliminator. Tough one that, but. There's no form to go on, is there, boys? We just don't know how these teams are going to rock up. No, it's probably the game. It's probably the game of the uh, the, the early eliminator playoffs, isn't it? Yeovil versus Barnet. And Rob caught up with the Barnet goalkeeper Scott Loach. Scott, thanks very much for for joining us. Um, fair to say, it's been a weird few months. Uh, yeah, it's been uh, it's been different. Uh, you can definitely put it that way. But I think there's now a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. So. Uh, we can all kind of focus on getting back to our daily routines, you know, and having a bit of clarity moving forward. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, just for confirmation for our listeners, um, Barnet become one of the first ever teams to be uh, uplifted into a playoff position as a result of unweighted uh, points per game. Something that's been on the cards for a while, Scott, but I guess until you got that news yesterday, you didn't really know, and therefore it must be difficult to prepare for something that might not be happening. <laughs> Yeah, it's a tough one. I mean, there's not not really been a lot we can do as a club because you know, it, obviously, with what's going on the pandemic and, and getting lads into testing and the, and the money that you've got to pay to kind of move forward to then maybe not be told that you will be in the playoffs is is a little bit you know. So it's kind of been up and down really. We've not not really been sure what we're doing, but now we've got that that green light. We can all give ourselves time and prepare and get get the lads back together and hopefully, um, you know. Build a strong push to try and get us over the line. Apparently, there's some final tests or self health and safety and procedures and stuff like that. And then you're hoping to gather again from Monday. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. Again, like, like you just said, it's been hard to prepare because I think obviously the news came last night. And I think with with people being on furlough and, and obviously the guidelines and restrictions in place, there's not really been too much planning that the club can do, which is which is no fault of their own. So I think these next 24, 48 hours it'll be. Uh, busy time get everyone prepared I'm guessing you know start back Monday and have a good month then to, uh, to prepare and get ourselves ready for the oval How difficult or easy is it Scott as a goalkeeper to train on your own I know keepers train very often uh, sort of separated from the rest of the group but that's usually with a goalkeeping coach or at least another goalkeeper I I, I, I even think I've said it for years I think even if you do do goalkeeper training over the 
over the course of the summer, you can't replicate that first week or two back in. I mean, when you have a goalkeeper coach, the intensity is completely different. Um, very hard to replicate on your own or, or with a friend, for instance. So, um, for me, it's been completely different. I've been doing a lot of running, um, a lot of stuff that, you know, keep the weight off, keep myself fit and, you know, stuff that I probably wouldn't really do. So, it's been a positive in that way. Um, and I probably feel, feel as fit as ever. But like I said, when, when you're first in that goalkeeper training session, it's a completely different fitness. So, uh, But that's why we're going to have a month to prepare. And I think, you know, like all the outfield players and, you know, even the staff involved, I think after a week or 10 days, it would just feel like the norm again. Have you been given any relatively clear indications as to when the uh, playoffs will be, Scott? I'm picking up that you anticipate it's going to be a good month until it's played. Well, that's just me going off Twitter. I get all my information these days. I just saw that it's, it's likely to be the 18th of July. I mean, you might know more than me, but um, I'm, that's just going off what I've followed on on the news on Twitter, really. But whether that's been confirmed yet or not, I'm not sure. But I'd like to think that it is around then because you can't just throw lads straight in at the deep end with, with having 12 weeks off. I mean, the Premier League have had the luxury of being back a two or three weeks and getting the training under the belt. We, you know, we need that train as well that conditioning to get ourselves ready otherwise you might see lads get more injuries or it just might not be the standard or that the people are expecting Fair enough and and, and just thinking about playoff scenarios obviously um, Barnett may have got into them on points per game but uh, you've got a difficult path ahead of you you'd have to uh, travel to play at Yeovil for the right to play I haven't worked it out of you is it uh, yeah Notts County uh, you know, just to get over those those two hurdles for the right to to play off in eliminators. So uh, it's almost like a mini season, Scott, isn't it? Yeah, and to beat to, to go up, you've got to beat the best anyway. And I think no matter what, whether it's points per game or, or performances or whatever they've got us there, I mean, we earn the right. And it sounds a bit it's it's let me clarify, it's, it's unfair on some teams who were obviously in the playoffs and they're around it because who knows what could have happened. You know, towards the end of the season, you know, at your heart, they pulled your stop blocks, they could have gone on a great run and your solid hills could have cemented the place. But for us to, to get in their points per game means we've worked hard over the season and kind of earned that right. Whether that's the right or wrong decision, we're in there now and, you know, we've got just as good a chance as anybody because we've all been off for 12 weeks. All the squads have had players who were in and out of contract, so everyone will have a little bit that's up in the air. So I think now's as good a time as ever to go and play each other. So, um, I know Harrogate have had a fantastic season but there's no giving right now because we're all in the same boat so like you said it's a mini tournament and we've got to turn up and just try and do as well as we can and if we if we succeed it's it's great and if we don't you can look back and say you know it's, it's not a bad first season getting into class because that was our own Yeah great stuff Scott thank you so much for joining us uh, have a really good uh, few weeks preparation and uh, and, and uh, we'll look out for you uh, on the TV in those playoffs and all the very best to you and Barnet. Thank you. Cheers. And that was Scott Loach. Barnet, we're in a decent run of form. It all depends, really. They're away from home as well, and they've been better away from home. And Yeovil, all the pressure's on Yeovil, I think, isn't it? I guess in terms of expectation, it probably is, because Barnet have come in through the, you know, at the last stage, through the back door, a bit like Denmark. Do you remember when they came in the uh, European yeah. Championship? The other game, of course, Boreham Wood at home to uh, FC Halifax Town. And in, in that case, who do you think starts as favourites on uh, on that one, Dickie? It's really hard to call that one, isn't it? I mean, you've spoken about Boreham Wood, perhaps you know, not even having the size of the squad at the moment. And I think the National League, one thing they've still got to clarify is 
um, you know, what players they're actually going to allow to represent the clubs in these playoffs. You know, are they going to limit it to, to players that were registered with them for only last season? Are they going to allow anybody who's been signed subsequently? Because that certainly happened in, in the, the North, you know, where the, the, the division that I uh, focus on. So um, it's really difficult to tell. And of course, with a three-month gap since teams last played and coming into games of this significance, um, you know, it's, it's really, really, it's, it's going to be absolutely fascinating to just see who um, adjusts to the situation better, I think. Luke, you've had a look at Halifax on a couple of occasions this season. Um, they potentially got it the hardest way, haven't they? They've got to go down to Boreham Wood. And then if they come through that, uh, they're going to have to go up to Harrogate. But uh, you wouldn't write them off, would you? No, I mean, they've pulled off some um, surprising results this season. And he is full of gusto and, 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 and positivity, is Pete Wilde. And he has got a lot of players who um, I think a lot are on two-year deals. So he's not got to worry about availability of players. And yeah, it's a tough one. We know Bournemouth got to the final two years ago. Obviously, they didn't have the best season last season. Slow start this season and then really picked up. And they were they were probably the form team, actually. We're talking about form teams in the playoffs. They, it was probably Boreham Wood, wasn't it, before the season stopped? Yeah, definitely. Uh, um, I, I think we could try and be clever pundits here and, and try and predict stuff. that it's, it's hard enough when teams come into it in good form, bad form, but nobody has any form at all coming into this. Everybody's starting again. It, it, it's going to be fascinating, um, you know, just to see how it all pans out. There's there's potential for, uh, you know, a, a couple of very, very big clubs uh, being involved um, in the final. Notts County had huge momentum, didn't they? And they'll obviously be at home just one step away from uh, from Wembley or wherever the neutral venue is. So they'll fancy their chances too, particularly given uh, the, the the run that they were on. But looking down at the bottom, so obviously with Charlie, we know they're, they're definitely going down. And as we said, it was looking like once they've got the thumbs up from the FA Council, that it'll be Ebsleet and Fylde. We know, um, we know Fylde might try and challenge it. Ebsleet have got a new manager over the last couple of weeks, surprisingly sacking uh, or relieving Kevin Watson of his duties, it's they've both given it a good go in the last few weeks, haven't they? And they were probably both in decent form when the season stopped. But ultimately, with the PPG, it's a uh, it's proved they've not been good enough. And um, Evsleet maybe is not as big a surprise as as filed. I mean, I know when we come to do our predictions in a few weeks' time with what we we picked, I think most of us all picked filed to be champions or at least go up in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean. It's hugely devastating for both of those clubs. Fylde are not any way more important than Ebbsfleet. Um, it's a different story and it's quite a catastrophic end um, to an incredible upward run that Fylde have had. Um, and uh, I guess they were in good form when the season ended. That was one hope they had. Then it looked like it might well be null and void and that would have done them. With the initial... Uh, proposition of the National League board with only Chorley to go down that would have done them and so right at the final hurdle when it really really counts uh, it'll be a devastating and a crushing blow to Fylde and Ebbsfleet and uh, it's a difficult one obviously their ambitions to get back in the football or sorry Mm -hmm. to get up to the Football League by 2022 uh, if they are relegated this season of course that'll uh, that'll become virtually uh, impossible yeah. Um, unless they get back-to-backs. 
it's a massive gut punch for him and um, they were one game away weren't they last season from going into the Football League lost to Salford and now they've they've ultimately gone down and obviously I think we might do a post-mortem later on in another podcast about why they have. Should we have a look at the uh, situation uh, in the North, boys? Kings Lynn, um, obviously they were second when the season stopped, but on PPG they are champions. And I think York have accepted that, but I think York also, they want to try and just be the other team promoted. But they're happy enough to take place in the playoffs. And, and Chris caught up with the York City manager, Steve Watson, to get his thoughts. And joining us today on this uh, NL full-time podcast special is uh, York City manager, Steve Watson. Welcome, Steve. Hi, how are you doing? Good morning. And it is a good morning for you, isn't it, as well, Steve? Because yesterday, with the uh, the decision from the National League that came out, um, I saw the press release from the club yesterday saying they, they welcome the announcement that the, the playoffs are back on. How, how do you feel about this and how's it gone over the last uh, couple of weeks? Well, I mean, as I mentioned to you briefly before we came on air, it's... Um... It's been pretty much weeks, months of uh, of nothing, of no news. And then, obviously, when the the proposal came out on Friday, um, we were we were you know really taken aback by their proposal. Um, and then since Friday, obviously, a lot's changed. You know, the uh, the, the club have um, the club have acted and, and they've had a lot of backing from um, from other clubs. It has to be said, and other sets of fans. Um, to try and you know, to try and ch- change the thought process on um, on promotion relegation to 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 basically bring it back into line with what the EFL have done and what the and what the rules had stated at the start of the season, which was you know two up from our league, two up from the south, and four stroke now it will be three teams down with uh, with their situation. So. Um, you know, we were we were a bit surprised and a, and a, a bit frustrated that that uh, that was proposed on Friday. But as I said, over the past sort of over the past sort of five six days, it's uh, it's really a lot's happened. So now we're in a better situation than we were last Friday. I think that's the best thing we can say. Um, you know, being spent a lot of time in football, I have. You know, I'm still I'm still you know seething a little bit that um, that team who sitting top of the league with two points clear um, has to go through this process to be promoted anyway but um, you know that's probably an argument for another time because uh, at the moment we've got uh, we've got to focus on we've got what we've got to do now yeah it is real mixed emotions isn't it I mean that's well it's unprecedented isn't it really that um, that the, the points per games come in and um, you know, you had uh, several games remaining, and um, you know you were you were looking good as well, and you were you were looking good for that um, uh, top spot, weren't you? Yeah, I think obviously we never we'll never know, um, but and it's probably you know, probably an irrelevant argument now because the decision's been made. But you know, I mean, what, what I did sort of, you know, we are we are a, a proud club, York. We're, we're a football club, and we're, we're you know we. Well, a lot of tradition and and, uh, and a lot of class. So you know, one of the first things we did yesterday when when the decision was was finally made on certainly on the on the definite promoted teams. You know, the first things I did was was call Ian up at, at Kingsland, the manager, uh, and just said, you know, congratulations. We were having a, a terrific battle, um, and you know, he agreed the same as I did. You know, nobody knew how it would have ended, uh, not necessarily the way it has, but. 
it's it, that's happened now, so I suppose that side of the argument's over, um, whether we like it or not. And now it's uh, now there's still some you know a lot of hard work and a lot of uh, prep to go into even getting the playoffs the way we want them. You know, there's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of financial uh, implications to putting these games on. Um, there's a lot of um, a lot of guidelines, tests, and protocols that has to be has to be met, and uh, and it's just a case of whether all the teams in, in the two divisions can uh, can meet that. And I suspect there's been uh, there's still a little bit of worry there because this the, the situation has changed so much. And I noticed uh, the chairman yesterday saying that if the playoffs were cancelled for for any reason, would the two um, promotion spots still be on it? So is there still a feeling a little bit of worry there at York? There is, there is because it's you know it, it, it's other people's decisions and um, you know we we have an idea and I think the majority of football um, has an idea of what should happen. Um, I think you know this is you're right what you said earlier. It's unprecedented times, so you know rules that are set out um, at the outset of the seasons um, you know may have to be looked at you know because rules in everyday life have, have changed dramatically rules and regulations and, and uh, you know, people's livelihoods and, and, and people's lives have been on the line over these past few months so rules and, and, and you know, scenarios have changed dramatically so um, obviously sticking to the exact rules that set out the start of the football season um, sound quite minimal to be able to change that because of uh, because of the situation that's happened so you know, there was no rule at the start of the season that said the the season was going to be finished on points per game, but that, but it has. There's no rule to say that um, four teams wouldn't get promoted from our two divisions, but they were talking about doing it. So, uh, you know, it, it's it's still up in the air. But I mean, I, I suppose the simple simple scenario for, for me and many many people that I spoke to is if the playoffs can't take place. Um, you know the top two teams get promoted, and and, uh, and it's as simple as that, really. And that's what we're trying to trying to get across to the national league to put in place. But as yet, they haven't done that. So let's let's say that the playoffs do go ahead, and um, it looks like, if if I'm right in saying, you'd you'd be playing the winner of the Altrincham and Chester game at home. Um, I mean, how do you even think about that at the moment? How do you prepare for that? I think for the past. For the past sort of ten days, um, we, we've had an idea that we, we, you know, we have to start preparing for whatever happens. So, you know, the, the, the players hopefully, have, have, you know, at our level, there's no real way of, uh, of monitoring what the players do. Obviously, all, all the staff and the, and the players at the club have been furloughed anyway, so there's no there's no way of, um, you know, doing any training or, or having anything like that with them. That, but what I do know about the group of lads I've got there is they're very, very genuine. They're very, very honest. I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm certain that they've been keeping on top of their fitness. But as you saw, as you even saw last night at the highest level, you know, the getting back into competitive football, the amount of you know, two injuries in yeah. the first 20 minutes for Arsenal and and uh, people going down with cramp after 70 minutes, at, uh, you know, at the highest level, proves yeah. that it's going to be it's going to be tough. Whatever level of football you start with, again. Um, so we've just got to make sure we're, we're as ready, as fit, uh, physically and mentally as we can be. And then on the football side of things, it's it's over to us then. You know, at least it's in our hands as opposed to being um, decided in a in a boardroom somewhere. Sure. Do you still have your full squad? I know some teams have uh, have, have uh, released the, the sort of released list uh, at the moment. Is it still the same squad as, as has played the rest of the season? 
Yeah, I mean, we've 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 been conscious of doing that all along, you know, because um, we never knew how this was going to end. We never knew what league we would be in. Uh, we never knew whether we'd have to come back and play. We never knew whether it'd be playoffs. Um, so we were conscious of trying to do this. And you know what? Ultimately, we've got we're a team that's, for all intents and purposes, finished the season top of the league. So um, you know the lads. The lads have done great. You know, the, the the vast majority of the lads have been involved all season in that um, in that achievement. So you know, these, these lads, these lads, um, you know, deserve the chance to 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 if it has to go to playoffs to to be involved in that as well. And and then decisions will have to be made, obviously, as as they are every football club when the season eventually comes to an end. But uh, at the moment, they're all they're all still available. Sure, and the, and last one for me, Steve. Um, it's exciting times for the club. If you if you cast your mind forward a couple of months, you could be promoted. You could be playing in the national league, and you could be playing in a new stadium as well. So there must be a real buzz at the moment. Yeah, I mean, look, whatever happens, um, you know, whatever happens when I when I came into the club, um, we we had a, you know the club itself had had a bad bad three or four years. You know, it it it, it suffered a couple of relegations. It, it suffered. Um, a year in this league, probably you know the lowest level in, in modern times for the club, um, as just a mid-table finish, and then you know, uh, and then when I came in, you know, I looked at the situation. There's a lot to change. We did, we, we finished mid-table again, but with the with the knowledge that um, you know I was going to progress, and I think whatever happens, you know, we're looking at the progression we've made this season as being very, very good. We'd love to top it off, and we and we're really confident. Of being able to top it off, uh, given the chance. But you know, whatever happens, it, uh, this club's on the up again. You know, we're moving into a fantastic stadium. You know, my my job is to to and the, to make the fans and everybody else involved with York to believe that we we are going in the right direction again. Certainly. Well, Steve, that's a great place to end it. Thanks for your time this morning and. Uh... Good luck over the next uh, few weeks. Yeah, thank you very much. Cheers. And that was Steve Watson. At times, York have made hard work of it, haven't they, Dickie? So they're not necessarily favourites, especially to face someone like Altschinger, who got the Indian sign over them. Yeah, they, they have um, been prone to throw in the odd, um, you know, poor result. I think they've lost, I think they lost three times at home to, you know, the likes of, I think, Darlington won there. Um, I think Geisley won there, you know, just results that teams you'd expect them to have got results against. Um, and we've spoken about Kingsley, and I mean, we have to congratulate Kingsley on their title win. I think it was probably round about October time that you started asking me, you know, do they look like the real deal? Um, and I think, you know, just the number of times that they won games really late on or came from behind to win games spoke... Mm about you know that you start to get a sense that there's a tremendous amount of character in that side but um, also and, it's, it's know, back to back promotion proven. it's back to back promotions isn't it dick i mean you got to remember they were newly promoted internationally north this season they were and they they weren't the champions of their division last season they came up behind kettering um kettering actually won the the um the, the southern premier central to get promoted into the national league and and kingsley had to make it through a super playoff and and had to win at Warrington Town in the playoff final, which which was a you know a stupendous result, and and the the confidence that they've just that's that they clearly had then has just carried over into this season. Barely changed the side at all. They've had one or two um, quite useful 
additions um, in terms of loan players that they've brought in from um, Norwich City, and and it's it's paid absolutely huge dividends for them. Um, you know, there was speculation that they were perhaps going to lose Adam Marriott, their leading scorer in the transfer window. That didn't happen. And even though his goals dried up a little bit, you know, they were still getting... It's very, very difficult for anybody, I think, to, to begrudge them their title. Possibly only anybody from York. And ultimately, I think if people from York are looking at it, you know, they'd have to accept that comparatively, you know, based on budgets, etc. And well, Kingsland have done fantastically well. I'm super excited about that because... I live in East Anglia anyway. Um, back in the day, very average player that I was. I have actually played on Kings Lynn's ground and uh, I'm looking forward to going there, of course, when all the shot play there next season. What about the other contenders then in the playoffs, Dickie? Who's going to be playing who? Uh, I was going to say, if you, when you do go to Kings Lynn's next season, look out for that blue plaque on the house that says Chris Pratt used to live here as well. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, right, yes, when it comes to the playoffs. Um, yes, so uh, there's not been a lot of... PPG didn't change a lot in National League North, but Spennymore did drop out um, on PPG and Gateshead, had, who had three games in hand of them, have, have snuck in to that last place. And uh, Gateshead are going to travel to Brackley Town in uh, uh, the first eliminator. And then there'll be a match between Chester and Altrincham at, at Moss Lane. Altrincham, that'll be the other game. And then, obviously, the winners of those two will face the team finishing in second, which is York, we've mentioned before, or the team finishing in third, Boston United. And strangely, with both of those two teams, they're both saying goodbye to their their current grounds at the moment. York, due to move from Booth and Crescent. Boston, due to move from York Street, their their new grounds, um, you know, carry... The, the work's going on there at tremendous pace and um, they're due to leave soon. And I think what's nice for their supporters is the potential to get a game at those grounds to say goodbye to the place properly. Because I think there was a bit of a sense in the way the season ended that the, that the farewells that they got planned for those grounds um, just didn't happen. So it, it, that that's that's quite, that's good. That's got a nice feel to it as well. Those those two games. If you were to hang your hat, Dickie, where would you lay it? Uh, difficult for me to say. To be perfectly honest, I, I, Gates had been in tremendous form. Uh, I think um, they are a full time outfit as well. So you're... what a turnaround that would be in twelve months if they were to do it. Yes, it would. You know, Mike Williamson's done a, a tremendous job there. I mean, they've they've not been they've been in the top. Um, probably eight or nine positions all season long, um, Gateshead, and and have kept pace and have just found their form at the right time. I think there's only one defeat in something like the last 12 or 13 games. But as you say, form, we don't know about form now because we've had such a long break. York, I'm as much as, you know, so, so many people will want to see York go back up because of their history and whatever. I've just got a little bit of a... Um, a a niggle about them, a worry that I, I don't think they're going to make it somehow. If you could ask me to pick one of the others who is going to get there instead, I really don't know. But I'm just, I don't know. I've just got a nagging feeling that York may not, even after all of this, that that, that it, it may turn out to be in vain. But I don't know why that is. It's just, just my gut speaking. Quickly, just yeah. looking, at, looking at the South, obviously, as I said, Wheelstone, they've gone up. So congratulations to them. And Tom caught up with a delighted Wheelstone manager, Dean Brennan. So I'm speaking to Dean Brennan, title-winning manager of Wheelstone FC. Um, first off, Dean, congratulations. Thanks a million, Tom. Appreciate it. Um, 
when you started the season with Wilson, is this how you envisaged uh, a title challenge going? To be honest, yeah. I sort of said to the chairman, I said, there's no reason why we can't have success at the football club with the experience myself and, and our staff have. There was no reason why not. I know there was financial implement, uh, imp- implements within the football club where the budget was reduced, but we felt the location was great for recruiting players. Very passionate support. If we could get that, that positivity within their passionate support around the football club, we felt we could drive the club forward, especially... You know, I used to manage against Wheelstone and it was a really tough place to go. And I, but I have seen the Wheelstone supporters torn on the football club in previous years. But we felt if we could get that positivity and get them be, given that the extra couple of percent and driving the team forward, especially a young team, we felt that that'd be a real fortress and it, it proved correct. Um, and I, funny enough, I did say that it, I think I'm 23 to one, 23 to one, one bookmaker at the start of the season. I said to the chairman. You know, get your family members to have a little bet. You know, see, I know he's not a little bet, but he's somebody's family give him a tip. I think we do. I think we'll do quite well, even though it's a tough division. And it proved right. We did really well. We would have liked to have finished it like everybody would have. You know, over a forty-two game season. Yeah. But all in all, you know, we got to take what we've been given and what we've earned, basically. And we've been top since August the nineteenth, and you know, we managed to. Uh, to win some some really good football matches and we're very entertaining side as well so I'm really proud of everyone at the football club and we're delighted to get promoted absolutely and deservedly so and, and as you say it's a promotion that you've earned absolutely um, obviously you've had to wait to find out if you would be promoted had you been able to start planning for next season or is, does that start in earnest now? that'll start Monday I think we'll enjoy the weekend I think what's the priority for us is to you know, I didn't really watch it, if I'm being honest with you, Tom. I, I made the decision not to watch it all, and I just felt that. And I said to the players, I said, look, God knows when we're going to come back. Make sure yourself and your families are sorted. That's the priority. Look after each other. Look after your close and your loved ones. And that was sort of, that was sort of the approach I took. And there was nothing we could do. There was nothing we could affect or I could affect. And we did everything we could do on the football pitch. And, you know, until everything was going to open up again, which we still don't know when that's exactly fully going to happen. Hopefully mm. things are starting to look brighter for everybody. I felt that, uh, you know, there was no point in watching it and it was out of our hands. But I felt, the, the other thing which I think is very important is, is that we sort out our group of players. Yeah. You know, they're the players that have, that have brought us to where we are and, you know, and, and, and the campaign they had individually in, in the year, the season 18-19 uh, season, they didn't have good seasons, but I knew they were good players. You know, players like Billy Clifford, I've said it quite a lot, he had four clubs in the 18-19 season. But he's been at Chelsea, he's a good player. I've walked up before. He needed a bit of belief. He needed to be, you know, that platform to go show he's a good player. Yeah. And uh, he, he definitely showed that this season, along with people like Denon Lewis, Jacob Mendy. I'll go through the whole group and they're, they're going to get their just awards. Well, I think, uh, you know, and you talk about it there, one of the hallmarks for me watching the National League South was you have augmented the squad when you've needed to, but there has been that consistency throughout um, all the way from you know like Connor Stevens and Jerome Akimo at the back through to Ross Lafayette and Denon Lewis up front, you know yeah. a lot of those guys are also quite young. There's a lot of maybe confidence that they could make the step up next season. I think they've all played higher at some stage. Whether they've done it consistently enough, that's probably there. That's been, that's been their issue really. You know, if you look at Denon Lewis, it's his fourth full season. You know, you get academy football now. It goes to twenty three. when I played football. You know, if you weren't good enough at 19, 20, you were out. Mm. You know, and, and you'd have to go back into non-league for professionally. Denon's at Watford, he's playing 23s, he goes to Scotland on loan, he goes to Bromley on loan, he don't really find a home. You know, and he hasn't had a full season. Michi Effidy, another player, he's forced full season in men's football. So we have a lot of players like that as well. So I just feel that, 
you just find the home and you, and you hit it off with certain management and certain football clubs and a lot of them found the home within us and we just gave them a little bit of TLC, gave them the platform, wanted them to do what they were good at. I always say that to them. I haven't brought Denon to come in and tackle. I brought someone like Denon in to go and, you know, get our supporters, get their backsides, you know what I mean, after seats. He's one of them, you sit on the edge of your seat, he's that type of player and, you know, he's grown and matured so much. He was a player who didn't even start the season, Denon, and he ended up winning all the awards. The first two games of the season, he was on the bench because he was in Love Island. Yeah. So he wasn't fit enough to start. But I always believed, I always, I always knew he'd be a superstar for the team. So, And I could say that for so many of the players. But uh, nah, they should be proud of what they achieved because it's very difficult to win titles. It's, 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 uh, it don't come around much. Uh, only one team a year can do it, can't they? Um, and you know that sort of, it does bring me on to my next question as well. Obviously, yourselves, Kings Lynn, you earned your promotions from step two. How important, to, obviously it didn't affect Wilson, but how important to you as a manager and as a club was it that the Promote 2 campaign was successful on the basis of sporting integrity? I think it should have went all the way through. I did, a, I did an interview right at the start out of the COVID and I felt the exact same. It should have went all the way through. And the fairest way to do it, in my opinion, was points per game. You know, if, if you're at the bottom of the table after 30-odd games, you're there for a reason. You deserve to be there. If you're top, you deserve to be there. You know, circumstances that are just probably never ever happen. Hopefully, they'll never ever happen again. Uh, I, I felt that was the fairest way to do it. And I know I hear people say it's over this, it's over that. But unless we could have got the games played by a certain amount, a certain time, it was it was the fairest way. And I, I feel that step three to step seven have jumped the gun, and I think it should have went all the way through the, the pyramid. I have to say, I, I agree with you. So thanks very much for uh, giving me your time this evening. Really do appreciate it. No problem, Tom. Any time. And that was Dean Brennan. And in second place were Haven't and Waterlooville, probably the main sort of protagonists in this whole thing happening in terms of the playoffs and PPG happening there. And Tom has been a busy guy. He's caught up with the Haven't and Waterlooville director, Trevor Brock. Firstly, Trevor, a, a good bit of news out of the league yesterday. No, absolutely. I mean, that was what, um, you know, we did a promote two campaign with uh, York City and others. Um, and, and I'm very pleased that uh, our position has been vindicated and, uh, and the playoffs will go ahead. I mean, how important as a message do you think this is for the National League when we talk about the professionalism of, of the non-league system, that they're going to be pursuing that sort of sporting integrity? I think it's absolutely vital. I mean, I, I, I just couldn't for the life of me when I heard the first time when they said uh, that the playoffs weren't going to go ahead uh, based on you know, uh, verbal interpretation of a, a communication from the DMCS. We looked into it further and found that there were other ways of interpreting um, what that information said. Obviously, at the end of the day, it's, it's promoted a rethink. So, you know, it, it really is the power of social media because uh, at one stage last Friday night, our campaign was um, was trending number one in the UK. So... You know, clearly a lot of people felt like we did and, and felt it was only justice that uh, with the EFL having basically done it right the way through their competition, we felt it only right that the National League should seek to do exactly the same thing uh, for teams in the South and North. And, and of course, now we're in a position where, where they can honour that agreement. Absolutely. And I mean, it's, it's clear from their statement that the agreement is still sort of uh, pending on clubs actually being able to partake in the playoffs. What sort of yes, barriers do you foresee? Um, is it something that's manageable for the clubs at Step 2? Well, we, we don't really know yet because we don't know. It's like buying a ticket in a raffle that you don't know what the rules of the raffle are. 
um, you know, very quickly we need to get uh, exactly what the league is um, is anticipating being the rules of that competition. That will go everything from registration rules to, um, you know, how far you have to go down the COVID route and, and, and all the mm. cleaning and all the testing. And, you know, at the moment we just don't know. So obviously you talk about the registrations there and player contracts are naturally going to be issue. You know, we've seen, for example, Abdullah Baggy at Weymouth has said he won't be involved. Um, how's the Haven't squad looking? Are you getting them back into training now? Uh, well, not yet, but um, we're in a position where we, we, we've actually sold a player during the during the thing. We haven't brought anybody in yet. It'll be a question of somebody somewhere is going to have to make a decision about who is eligible for these playoffs. And I imagine the easiest thing would be to say if you were if you were eligible at the time of the transfer deadline, then you'd be eligible for the playoffs. I can't see how they can allow new players to come in because that would make it nonsense. But, you know, who knows? Uh, until we get the rules, it's very difficult to make a judgment call on that. Either way, we'll field a team in it if it's, if it's humanly possible. Um, you know, that's the point. I mean, in terms of COVID and all the um, elite sport instructions that go around that, potentially very expensive. So, you know, we're just looking, we're just looking for what those protocols are uh, and then we'll take a decision as to whether we can meet them. We're not going to put the club into into massive hop to do it if it's not sensible you know they can't ask for us for more than the national league playoffs so i'm pretty confident that um that they'll be achievable but until you see it in black and white it's very difficult to judge i mean mark white at dorking he put out um what he felt were sensible costs based on his his analysis and i saw paul doswell did similar on twitter yeah. um yeah. with the sort of figures being talked about twenty thousand twenty five thousand pounds how realistic do you think those are for a National League South club? They're going to be difficult, but I think from our point of view, you know, we, we, we back our manager to um, having, got, having got up to second place and, and, and had a successful season, we would like to back our manager to go through the playoffs. But it, it's, it's all dependent on what comes out. And I'm really, you can't go much further than that. You know, we've got the decision the playoffs are approved. It's now what are the specific rules of the playoffs? And that's the... That's the key to it. And, and, you know, whether you're Mark Wright, Paul Doswell, whoever, at the moment, you're guessing. And that was Having at Waterlooville director Trevor Brock. Any other teams in the playoffs are Dartford, Weymouth, Slough and Darkin, haven't we, taken up the other places? Yeah, spot on, Luke. Got them bang on, correct. I think for me, the story of the season in the National League South is uh, Weymouth under Mark Molesley. Uh, they uh, came up to this level for this season and uh, when the line was drawn they were in third place congratulations to them on finishing uh, in the top three and uh, we managed to get a quick catch up with their successful manager Mark Molesley Mark it's a while since we since we actually caught up with the chat when we did you'd made a good start to the season um, you've got yourself in that uh, top seven and my goodness you stayed there all season when the line was drawn you were in third place and uh, subject to FA ratification, you could well be taking part in the playoffs very soon. How are you feeling? Yeah, obviously, very excited. Um, you know, delighted by the news. I think, um, I think uh, some, some well-known managers in our league voiced voiced their, their opinion very well. Um, you know, because it was off the table last mm. week, and um, you know, somehow there's been a bit of a U-turn on it. So I think, you know, obviously. I think having a Waterlooville and Paul Doswell, uh, you know, 
were at the forefront of that and Mark White talking and I think all the managers unanimous in that we all wanted to play the playoffs and just wanted the chance or or you know to look at the, the you know whether we could actually play them so we didn't want it taken out of our hands I think everyone's worked so hard and uh, to get yesterday's news was was fantastic and uh, yeah fingers crossed there's still a bit of red tape to get through I think but um, you know I think there's a chance and there's some hope and that's all we can ask for. So once the FA ratify it, the other thing that's required is a minimum of four teams to take part in those playoffs. From the conversations you've had with your own board and, 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 and with one or two of those other managers we spoke about, surely somehow, some way, the clubs would find the cash they needed to get involved. Um, as far as you're aware, are all six likely to get involved in your division? I think all, all, all teams in our division definitely want to play the playoffs, no doubt about it. There is a cost implication. I think the original cost that got quoted um, from the from the conference was was very strong um, and that will obviously frighten a lot of teams and, and put some teams off and, and rightly so you know you you've got to look after your your club your health of your club you know you can't get into any bad situation financially for for these games you've got to protect the future of your club as well but like I said uh our fans are fantastic. Um, you know, been superb since since day I walked into the club, and I'm sure that us as a football club, you know, our, our family will be able to, you know, be quite hopefully, um, you know, raise some money if we if we need to get in because it's just too too good of an opportunity to turn down. Um, the, the teams work so hard, and, and I feel that, that that group of players and my staff deserve the chance to at least. You know, finish the season. Um, so, listen, I'm sure we'll find a way, whatever which way it is, because um, you know we're absolutely desperate to play in them. Mark, I know from old what a driven guy you are, how determined you are to succeed. Um, I remember you still trying to get your old body through 90 minutes at Aldershot as you were coming towards the end of your, your playing days. But um, we can't, obviously, it's, it's a little bit hypothetical at the minute, so we can't get too carried away. But let's just say this having got promotion. The season before, um, how much of an achievement do you think it is to have taken Weymouth into that new division and uh, finished in third place? You must that stand alone. You must feel um, is a decent achievement. I think when 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 you say that, it's hard not to to say it'd be fantastic. That was always the dream: is to take the club back to where we feel it it belonged. You know, it's been sort of languishing for ten years. It's had a very 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 hard time. Um, you know, we're very fortunate if it weren't for the, for the great volunteers and, and the board and the people are still around now, you know, that club wouldn't even be, you know, alive. It, it, it wouldn't have survived, you know. It's a similar a similar story to Aldershot, how it sort of, you know, rose out the flames. Um, mm. You know, Weymouth is a similar story and that's what captivated me and wanted me to, to try and, you know, leave the club in a better place if ever I was to leave it, you know. That's, that's what I said when I first come in and, and I suppose, you know, if we get back to the conference then then we would have maybe achieved that. But as a manager, I can't get too carried away with uh, mm. what, you know, with the news yet. And also, I, I, we never get carried away. It's always, you know, we've got we've got a job to focus on. We got we can't take our eye off the ball. And uh, like I said, these these opportunities to do something like that, they're, they're few and far between in football. There's a, there's a hell of a lot of lows in football. You've got to enjoy you know, the highs. Yeah, You've got to enjoy the highs and, you know, hopefully... We'll get a chance to to fight for that high again before the end of the season. What do you understand about the availability of players for you? Is it unchanged? Um, 
Are, are there going to be contract extensions? How, that, that's a sticky old subject, I know. But you are a manager that's got to potentially deal with that in the next few weeks. And you've got a plan and you need to know who's available to you. Yeah, definitely, Rob. But we've got, um, obviously, we've got my secretary and board trying to find out now. That has a lot of the list of questions going back to the conference because we've got players out of contract. This is a real unprecedented situation. And we've got, you know, like I said, players out of contract. We have players on loan. We've had, you know, a couple of players signed for other teams. It's so, you know, we've got to make sure we've got a team to play in the playoffs as well. But from, from my thinking, I think everyone who is available for the playoffs at their original date should be available for the playoffs at this date because basically have our squad available because um, it's, a, it's a difficult situation with, with the contracts and, and, and whatnot. So surely common sense will prevail on that one and, and the team which was would have been available for the playoffs should be available now. Oh, the very not, I'll be putting my boots back on. <laughs> <laughs> I might not have a team. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Well done on the achievements so far. Good luck in the playoffs if they go ahead. That was Mark Mosley waving his manager and uh, we wish him luck in the playoffs. And of course, in the north and south, there is no relegation because step three to step seven were, were null and void, wasn't it? So that gives those teams in the bottom two a bit of breathing space. Yeah, it does. It gives a reprieve to, to Blythe Spartans and to Bradford Park Avenue in the north um, and to, to Braintree and, and Hungerford in the south. And, you know, they they sure they won't be overjoyed with the seasons they've had but you know clearly you know they'll they'll take the um the olive branch that's been offered to them there that is it thank you very much for listening thanks to tom and chris and thanks to you rob thanks luke real pleasure as always and thanks to you dicky we'll be back uh, we'll be back very soon probably in the next week or so to talk more about the playoffs and, and when they're going to take place but until then thanks very much for joining us 